This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hello and welcome to the SteelerNation.com podcast, sponsored by Stony Brewing, the official brew of Pittsburgh Sports Talk. Join us in discussion and crack a Stoney's. Pure, honest beer. I have the pleasure today of speaking with DK, who is the founder of DKPittsburghSports.com, and he has over 30 years of experience in the Pittsburgh area covering Pittsburgh sports. DK, it's an honor and a pleasure to have you on the podcast today. Well, I'm, I'm grateful that you asked. That's very kind. Thank you. No worries. No worries. And I hear that you're watching the uh, Pirates game right now. What's the status on that? Uh, I mean, it's early, but it's three to one. They've had a couple of bombs, and there's fireworks. Dry fireworks in the daytime. Nice. The, the, the Pirates uh, hit home runs. It's a, kind of a neat scene here in Pittsburgh, where everybody knows when the Pirates have hit a home run because there's fireworks going off in the middle of the games. So wow, that's great. Wherever you are in the Golden Triangle, yeah. <laughs> nice. And it's a little tougher to see them during the day, but at least you're going to hear them everywhere within probably Center City. Yeah, well, now these are these are – they're dry. They're not. They don't have a visual. Component. Oh, they just send up. Yeah, in the daytime they just send up. Uh, you know the the. What was the I was going to say the audio version. <laughs> they send up. They send up uh, that, that that pop. Yeah, uh, fireworks that just pop enough. Nice, nice. And now DK, I know you've been writing in Pittsburgh since what 1985. Oh, way to go! <laughs> oh, we all I mean, are. I, 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 yeah, no, I, I started at the Post Gazette in uh, in '84. Mm-hmm. Um, really, as a child, like right out of high school. Oh, that's awesome. So, yeah, so I've been doing this for a, a really long time, but I've also been doing it again since I was old enough to drive. So, um, it's it's. Uh, you know they use the term living the dream yeah Um, that's what this is pretty much every day and especially since you know four years well four and a half years ago almost five years we you know i I left newspapers to start this venture yes your dk pittsburgh sports.com venture right that's been the uh, that's been the ultimate dream because now it's you know it's your own company um your own ideas your own concepts your own execution of those for better or worse. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, that, that part has been really gratifying as well as seeing, um, since we were the first really to do this, uh, anywhere on the continent to see, uh, you know, as a, as a professional media outlet covering major league teams, yeah. uh, to see so many others, uh, follow suit since then when at the time uh, that I, and, and we looked, completely nuts uh, and we're called that and, and much worse <laughs> so uh that that's that that part has been very heartening more than more really more than anything else over that career 
Well, it's good to be nuts in a good way and also good to be nuts following your dream, like you're saying, covering all the Pittsburgh sports that you've grown up with and love. Um, what's been the most challenging aspect of starting your own company? Oh, I mean, it's not even close. This is a boring answer, but it's the truth. It's the tech. Yeah. It's, it's, it's not even, I mean, it's, it's not even, there's not even a close second. To that. And, <laughs> and is it just understanding the, time, the tech or getting up with the tech? No, God, no. Getting it to work. Oh, gotcha. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I don't any problem understanding it. The, the issue is, is having to be done uh, competently and in a timely manner and, and then not having it break and melt down after you've got paying subscribers and everything else. I mean, our, our first couple of years were really, really rough in that regard. And it stabilized uh, over time, but it, it's still a, just a constant struggle. Um, I know that's not the answer anyone would expect, and, and it never is. It's, it's, I get asked a, a lot of different questions about yeah. the venture, and it's never about the hardest part. Um, that, that's definitely <laughs> it. And when yeah. people have come to me asking advice, uh, you know, established reporters, mm -hmm. um, I've met with them face to face, um, I'm literally across the United States and Canada, uh, as I'm going to different places to cover, uh, Pittsburgh teams and they know I'm there, they ask if they can meet with me and they sit with me and they ask all the wrong questions and i don't I'm wow. not, they say that with no disrespect but they yeah. ask you know about this and that and about credentials and covering and i none of that's an issue yeah it's all about your tech and then they still want to change the subject back to the other stuff well this is actually the real issue yeah um and it has been from day one so have you found ways to uh navigate that tech to work to your advantage and no <laughs> no. it's still an ongoing process <laughs> daily <laughs> It will, it, it'll, it'll be perpetual. Oh, wow. Wow. That's amazing though. So, you know, me, when I'm asking a question, I'm, I'm just happy to have a truthful and honest answer. So that's a wonderful insight into, uh, into your business. So on the contrary, then what is the most rewarding aspect of, of your website? Uh, I, I mean, I would say that it's all the, you know, the, the various forms of, uh, you know, imitation and, and everything else that's happened. I'm not one that focuses a whole lot on what happens on the outside mm -hmm. um, in terms of, you know, our competition, whether it's local or national or whatever. Yeah. It's more about, you know, it's more about what we do and what we can control in terms of uh, quality, timeliness, delivery, all that stuff. But, you know, when you're first at something, um, you don't want to be the last, you know, yeah. you actually want for there to be other, ventures to pop up uh, mm. that are similar um, that are openly and publicly say that they're inspired by what we've done nice um, I mean and that that's been the case uh, for some of this you know whether it's a really small operation like one in Denver mm -hmm. a much larger one with the Boston Sports Journal which bought our uh, our exact platform Wow. Um, nice. And, you know, came here to me came here to meet with us and now they're they're successful. And then, you know, that goes to the athletic, which, hmm. uh, you know, has discussed in in interviews that saying that they got, you know, all of their uh, inspiration and everything else and ideas. And heck, at one point they named it. They stole the name of one of our features, the Friday Insider. Oh, wow. They, they'd gone. So they'd gone. So well, they, they took that one. back. Yeah. OK, good. Um, good. But that 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 you know, there's there's a 
there, there's a lot of those cases, and, and it, it all started here in Pittsburgh, and we're proud of that. That's wonderful. That's a wonderful story. Um, I know you've also traveled the world. You've covered the Olympics, multiple Olympics, four or five in total? Five. Uh, five. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, five. <laughs> what was your favorite places to travel when you were doing the Olympic coverage? Uh, I mean – when you're at the Olympics, you're not traveling. No. <laughs> I, mean, I know that sounds backward, but <laughs> it is, it's the, it's the hardest thing any sports journalist does is, yeah. is in Olympic games. It's, it's 21 days of 16 hours. You're just going around uh, from event to event, clearing mm-hmm. security lines and everything else. And, um, there's, there's a lot that goes, there's a lot that goes into it logistically. The last thing that you have time for is anything remotely resembling uh, vacationing or relaxing. So in, in a sense, wow. Athens felt really no different than Sochi and Sochi felt no different than Rio and Rio felt no different than London mm. and London felt no different than Vancouver. I mean, it was, it was, you know, you're working in very similar settings. Yeah. Um, you, know, you do get to experience um, some of the people, and in particular, the the really far away locations where I knew I'd never, you know, incredibly likely to go back yeah. and, and see as a as an actual person. Mm-hmm. Um, that I, I took a little bit of time, uh, in particular in Rio, to to move around a little bit and get to know things. And and Sochi isn't a real place. Sochi was just a uh, Kind of built Sochi for the Olympics. Place where the, yeah, it was just a staging grounds. Uh, the, gotcha. the real city of Sochi was 45 minutes to the north of where we were. Wow! And I went there once for about 10 minutes. Um, so it's hmm. it's it's not necessarily what it seems like. Now that said, the Olympic experience is. You know, I, I say this all the time. At the time that you're covering them, they're the worst thing you'll ever do. But at the time that you're done. Hmm. Uh, they're the best thing you've ever done Wow! Um, because of the satisfaction that goes with it, the, yeah. the scope of something that the whole world is paying attention to. People talk about the Super Bowl as if it's the biggest sporting here, as if it's the yeah. biggest sporting event in the world, and, yeah. and it's, it's not. Yeah, it's, it, it's, <laughs> it's the biggest maybe not. in this country, but you're right, it, for the multi-national. No, it, uh, it's definitely nationals. the biggest in this country. Yeah, but yeah. yeah, yeah the, Olympics, a, the Olympics, the yeah. Olympics, World Cup, um, Yep. you know, there you can make solid arguments even for uh, for Wimbledon and some of the tennis grand slams over the Super Bowl. So nice. it's it's good to get that broader perspective. Yeah. Um you know the, of of what's what really matters to the entire world not just to the country that you live in. Nice. Nice. And and so DK, what matters to you now right in Pittsburgh sports? We can start off with the with the Pirates quick. I mean obviously the the Pirates are uh, are, are on right now. So how does their season outlook this season how do they look how do, oh, how do i mean they they've, they've had 22 players lost to injury so oh, there's goodness. not much there's there's not much optimism i mean when you have yeah 22 different players officially go on the injured list at some point that's a that's a that's a disaster it should have been a disaster it's to their credit yeah that it hasn't been that already wow um they've shown an awful lot of uh a lot of resiliency mm-hmm. uh in terms of the way they've won some games mm-hmm. uh, in order to just to keep their heads above water, but they're starting to, they're starting to go back under um, that okay. might, that might be the case for good after this weekend. I'm flying to Milwaukee later. Yeah. 
to do their series up there. Brewers, of course, are in first place. Brewers lead the NL in home runs. The Pirates are throwing a couple. Two of their three starting pitchers have no business on a major league mound. Mm. It's not going to go well. Yeah. Um, so it, it's they have a lot of problems, mm. um, but for the moment, the injuries are the biggest one. Is that something that that you think will improve then say into next year if their injuries if they're uh, uh you know if the injuries aren't a concern uh, next year i mean theoretically but they mm-hmm. also have ownership that isn't remotely committed to winning yeah and as a result they they don't a spend enough and b they don't they don't have enough accountability for being the worst drafting slash developing team in the majors over the past decade yeah um even though they've been the high they've, they've spent the most money on the draft so wow. it, there's like I said, they have a lot. They have a lot of problems. They're a, they're a flawed franchise, if you will. Yeah. So the outlook for the Penguins then would it be a little bit better? Uh, I mean, in in ten or eleven days, uh, I'll be in Vancouver mm-hmm. at the NHL draft, where there's a very very good chance they'll be making uh, a trade. Oh wow! Um, if not more than one, and and it'll be significant. I think it'll be Phil Kessel, and in that event. Yeah you're going to have a little bit of a different look mm-hmm. uh, to the roster, a different feel to the character of the team and still uh, an eminently dedicated ownership to look for the polar opposite from the yeah. Pirates group. Yeah. Um, and a roster that still has several significant superstars, including the best 200 foot player in the game in Sidney Crosby. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, there's always optimism on the Penguins' front, um, sometimes a little bit over the top. But when you have that kind of core, as we're seeing in the Stanley Cup final right now, the Bruins have a a core of four players who are older mm-hmm. than the Penguins' core yeah. um, still. And the Bruins are, you know, this close to winning a Stanley Cup. So it, it's, it's, it's very much doable yeah. uh, you know we talk about the core a lot as it relates to the Steelers and what, what their window is and everybody attaches it to Ben mm-hmm. um, it, it, it's really about more than one guy as a core and you know the fact that the fact that the Penguins still have those guys and they still play at a very high level is encouraging fantastic I, I know for me personally as a Penguins fan it hurts to to hear like someone like Phil Castle leaving the team, knowing that he was such a big part of those playoff runs and those championships, and you know probably could have gotten the Conn Smythe the one year. Um, you know, it was arguable between him and um, and Sidney Crosby, but uh, but still, it, it's I understand why he's on the trade block. I know his numbers have, have decreased over the last couple seasons, and obviously their their performance hasn't been as, as good as well the last few, but. Uh, how does it make you feel is to have such a great established player like Phil Kessel being on the trade block that has been such a big part of their success? I, I mean, I, I'm not sure what you mean by how does it make me feel. I mean, I'm, I'm not, yeah. um, you know, it's, you know, I cover the team. I'm not, yeah, that's true. We're not fans. That's true. Yeah, we're fans. Yeah, we mean, feel, it's, we it's feel. That's right. <laughs> what, well, what would yeah, the impact I mean, on the team be then to lose someone like Kessel now? Well, in his the career? impact on the team. Yeah, the impact on the team would be that you'd have to funnel the power play a little bit differently because mm-hmm. Jake Gensel is now going to get on the first unit. You're probably yeah. going to go with two defensemen. So if you're going to lose Phil as that half-wall guy yeah. who's looking to the middle of the rink, 
Yeah. Um, you're going to have to design the power play very differently, especially if you do keep Sid and Gino both out there together, which would be kind of nuts not to. Yeah. Uh, but so now it's Sid, Gino, and Jake mm-hmm. up front, theoretically, and then Latang and uh, Justin Schultz on the point. It's different, but also you you mm-hmm. know you lose some of that. Uh, the lackadaisical back checking and mm-hmm. the other negatives, the many other negatives that Phil brought uh, as well that were tolerable whenever the team was winning championships that aren't nearly as tolerable when they aren't. Yeah, yeah. Well, well said. Uh, and then, so let's say we end with the Steelers then, since we're from SteelerNation.com. Of course, our fans love to hear about how the Steelers are doing. Yeah, I was waiting for the Steelers. <laughs> <laughs> but I've got to set up and encompass just how much Pittsburgh sports that you cover. And it's important because the DK Pittsburgh Sports dot um, com website is just it's a nice resource. And you've got a nice partnership also with SteelerNation.com where our readers are very, very familiar with your site as you cover all of the sports uh, tremendously. Well, we 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 really appreciate that. We've had tremendous uh, a partnership with SteelerNation.com that we hope's been mutually beneficial. Just a lot of there's a lot of mutual respect there. Trust me. So, how do you feel about the Steelers this season? I know for me personally, it was a really tough off season as a fan, losing you know arguably two of the best players in the league, both in Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown. And now we're at a situation where, you know, I I was kind of unsure of where my loyalties lied and how I felt as a fan. But as I've been thinking through, I've gotten to kind of exhale and realize that this whole what seemed to be like a, a just a, a mental gauntlet each week with what's going on with social media with Antonio Brown or what's going on social media and pictures coming in from Anto- uh, Le'Veon Bell as well. But now. With this downtime and this time to breathe, it seems like it's a, a much more focused team, at least from a fan perspective. How do you see the team forming and, and, and looking for this season? Well, Lev's been gone for a year. That's, so that Lev, is true. Lev didn't just leave. Um, well, there's the there's on-again, off-again romance between... of maybe is he coming back, maybe is he not. Yeah, but... No, there was that was never in play. There, there's, there's, no, there's a difference between – um, and, we, and we talk about this a, a, a lot um, mm-hmm. with the players and, and uh, you know, with other people involved in the Steelers. There's, a, there's an enormous gap between reality and perception nice. as it relates to this team. Yeah. Um, and it's really unlike anything I've covered in my career. Wow. The last couple of years, the difference between what is – the truth about the Steelers and what people in particular, people who don't cover the team mm-hmm. are saying or reporting. Mm-hmm. Um, it's Le'Veon Bell has been gone for a year. Mm-hmm. He's a clown. Mm-hmm. Antonio Brown's been gone for a couple of months. Yeah. He's a clown. Mm-hmm. I actually got along with both of them. So this isn't even like, personal or mean yeah okay but that's their demeanor a clown is in like how they're acting on social media and they're just not serious people i don't care about social media yeah that stuff social media doesn't matter to anybody okay inside the steelers it just doesn't that's that matters to again that that matters to people on the outside and to be honest with you Mm -hmm. i'm on the outside people people who i don't matter Mm -hmm. okay what matters to the pittsburgh steelers is what's inside 
that room, what's inside that huddle, what's on the sideline, what's on the field. Mm -hmm. That's it. That's it. And in that regard, this team is airtight, except for when there were a couple of clowns involved. Gotcha. Those guys are those guys are gone. Mm -hmm. So there's no big uh, kumbaya moments, and there's no let's really get it together, boys, or anything. There's none of that. It's yeah. just those guys are gone. Mm -hmm. The same people who were responsible adult leaders last year are responsible adult leaders right now in OTAs today. Nice. It's not any different. Yeah. Okay. Cam Hayward didn't become a better person or a better leader mm -hmm. overnight. Mm -hmm. uh, Marquise Pouncey didn't all of a sudden start cooking dinners for everybody on the offense at his house mm -hmm. overnight. That's yeah. been going on for years. There's never been a story, I'm going to say it again, that's been more inflated and conflated than this idea that the Steelers are some kind of circus. Mm -hmm. It's not the case. They had two clowns, then they had one clown, and now they have zero clowns. That's it. And you can't be the, a circus the, without the, clowns. The narrative, <laughs> the, but, they, but they weren't that. But they, Yeah, you're saying, yes. Because inside the locker and room, they these, were airtight. These guys, these guys, it's, it's a, it's, I've been saying this for three or four years to getting considerable mm -hmm. uh, eye rolls from, from a lot of our own readers, mm -hmm. uh, but it's been the best room, the best vibe in, of any of the three in Pittsburgh. Mm -hmm. uh, they, it's, it's a really, really healthy group. Um, they needed to get rid of these guys. They did. Now, on top of that, they also had some football issues that they needed to address in three positions in particular. Mm -hmm. And what did they do with those? They went and they got a free agent at each of the three. And mm -hmm. then they went and drafted drafted yep. in perfect alignment with that. Nice. So are they all going to hit? No. Is Dante Moncrief all of a sudden going to look like Martavis Bryant stretching the field? Mm -hmm. No. Mm -hmm. Did they fortify the position? Hell yes. Yes. Uh, is Devin Bush going to step right onto the field and remind you of year three Ryan Shazier? Probably not. Yeah. It's going to take an it's going to take an adjustment. The mm -hmm. same way, very similar, I think, to what we saw from Terrell Edmonds, where you didn't notice Terrell all that much last year, mm -hmm. but that can be both good and bad at the safety position. Yeah. So Please. there's a there's a there's a lot of different variables in 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 play here, but the bottom line is, is they they went and addressed each. Uh, departure, mm -hmm. I think, to the best of their ability, and then each arrival. That's fantastic, yeah, because I'm also happy with the um, with the running back class as well, even though they didn't pick up a, a, uh, a free agent. I'm he hearing great things about Snead, and um, it seems like he's going to be a good addition to that running back core as well. You mean Benny Snell? Oh, sorry. Yes, Benny Snell. Yes. Yeah, he's he's yeah. They they've really they've really liked him a, a lot, Greg. They they they've nice. they've, uh, they've given him the ball uh, in different situations. Yeah. Uh, at OTAs and different looks, but they like his dynamism. They they like the fact that he's uh, he he's got a real energy to him, and he's not sh exactly shy about contact, which gives you a second pinball guy mm -hmm. uh, in the in the in the spirit, not quite as big as James Connor, obviously, but uh, enough that he can he can break tackles himself, and then from there, you know, as I wrote a couple of days ago on the site, mm -hmm. uh, I, I spent a lot of time with Jalen Samuels because I'm fearing that he's going nice. to get left out of the mix. Yeah, 
uh, not with the Steelers, but I'm talking about in the public's eye. You know, so so, well, it's a two-back set. No, it isn't. Yeah, uh, he's Jalen he, Samuels is going to be third down back plus. Nice, because I I love his receiving uh, ability from coming from the draft mm-hmm. or when he was drafted. I thought he was going to be drafted to be our slot receiver because of the amount of receptions he had in college uh, and how natural he is as an inside receiver. But kudos yeah, to the he Steelers. Yeah, he can do that, for, but he also yeah he also can go way wide and he's been doing that at OTAs. Wow. Well, wow. Uh, where, where, I mean, he, he can do anything. Um, That's awesome. He's kind of proud of that. And you're right. That does go back to his time at NC state. In fact, yeah. the position at which he was least experienced at NC state was running, running back. back. <laughs> yeah. Steelers so, made him a running back. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. And in and, and one exactly. season, he already showed he can be a hundred yard uh, back in a game in the NFL, and that's an amazing job. That yeah, the well, uh, yeah, running back one seventy two all purpose against New England. I yeah. think has gotten forgotten by a lot of people, and it um, shouldn't be. Uh, not me. A tremendous showing <laughs> against a Super Bowl uh, participant. Yeah, and he's a big reason why why the Steelers won that game as well. That was an excellent showing. Um, and is there any other additions you see to the Steelers this year that are going to be very impactful, whether it's the draft or free agency? Uh, I think as you look on the offense, mm-hmm. if you mean who they still might add, I, I still think that they would be yeah. interested in, if not necessarily an aggressive pursuit of additional tight end depth, yeah. Yeah. Uh, particularly in terms of pass catching, because you have to, you know, I mean, you can say that it's going to be Xavier Grimble, except mm-hmm. that he's never done it on a consistent basis. So, yeah. Um, and he has not exactly taken advantage of the, the handful of opportunities that he's had. So yeah. um, they can say that. We'll see whether or not they, they practice it. But on defense, I, I think I'd, I'd be really surprised if there are additions beyond this now. Okay. Is there any rookies that really excite you for this season? Well, I mean, it's you know when you get the 10th overall pick and mm-hmm. then the Steelers maintain that he was actually higher on their own board um, than Devin White, that's you know that's that's obviously the player the one that the 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 one that I'm most interested in keeping a close eye on mm-hmm. uh, out of them uh, really is, is going to end up being Deontay Johnson because if he can really study the routes mm-hmm. and that's going to be the challenge and, and and we've talked about that he and I if he can study nice. the routes. Uh, and show up at St. Vincent College, you know, with as much an, of a realistic level of knowledge of that playbook, mm-hmm. um, that's going to be a big, big deal uh, because he'll get up there and he'll have Ben thrown to him uh, early and often uh, in drills, and mm-hmm. it'll be routes that are, you don't want to say they're right from the AB playbook, but yeah. I mean, that's the, that's the position. Yeah. And it's yeah. not like they're going to rewrite, or, you know, or re-diagram the actual structure of the offense because mm-hmm. AB is gone. They'd like to have somebody running those routes. Yeah. And if that's Deontay, that's that's a game changer in my opinion. That's fantastic, and I I love wide receivers. That's a position I played, and that's the one I tend to spend the most time trying to pick apart. Uh, the one thing I noticed about his film in college was I don't think I've seen a receiver get off the line of scrimmage as cleanly as he does. Um, even with people hitting at him at the line of scrimmage, uh, he's got a real yeah, knack. I mean, yeah, it seems like to get off yeah, clean. That's and 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 the Steelers obviously have another one of those in number nineteen. Yeah, so <laughs> yeah they do. You know, having having a couple having a couple of those guys that can pull that off um, closer to the center mm-hmm. 
uh, is a nice thing because as we saw with a couple of those um, big plays uh, mm-hmm. that Ben hit Juju on those real quick slants where he would just come in off pretty much off right tackle. Yes. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Real quick slant to the inside. Oh, yeah. Um, ben, ben throws one strike and see you. Mm-hmm. Um, wow. I'm not saying that Deontay Johnson is that guy, but the ability to break off the line and Ben's ability to hit short, hard rocket routes yeah. uh, is, is going to make for a very interesting mix. Nice. And I've got one more question for you, if you don't mind, since we're just talking about the draft. No problem. Um, Sutton Smith. Uh, he's really interesting to me. I watched a little bit of his, his film. I know he's an undersized guy at linebacker, but I couldn't believe how he's fast he is. <laughs> and it, but it was amazing to see him shoot through gaps and shoot through larger tackles and guards to, to get into the backfield and make tackles for uh, for his team. He played for um, Ohio. Did, where did he go? Um, I'm drawing a blank where he went. But But now I hear he's spending some time at running back and he's playing some fullback. How does it sound like he's uh, doing it fullback? I, I mean, it, there's no pads. I mean, you're going to get that answer from almost anybody gotcha. who goes to these things. So yeah. a fullback literally stands there. Yeah. So, uh, because he has no one to block because there's no blocking. So gotcha. um, the fact that they, they believe in it, mm-hmm. that, that Mike Tomlin and his staff, and Kevin Colbert and his evaluators believe mm-hmm. Uh, in Sutton Smith to the extent that they would try him there is that's interesting. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's not a, a normal thought process. Once somebody is taken into the national football league, you're pretty much defined. Yeah. Never mind which side of the ball you're on. Yeah. Um, my thinking at the moment is that as they get to Latrobe, I, I have a feeling that'll become even more defined and, Mm-hmm. Once you're already at this phase and they're trying him on that side of the ball, mm-hmm. it's entirely possible that this is the real reason they drafted him. Wow. I, I, you just can't rule that out because he's got that um, undersized sounds mean. He's yeah. stocky. Yeah. Okay. He's 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 he, he's he's shorter, but he's also wide. And yeah. when you look at him, the guy that he looks like body wise is Rosie Nix. Wow. Um, he doesn't look like a linebacker. Now, mm-hmm. is is does he have the "I'm going to rip your head off" mm-hmm. mentality to the game that Rosie does? I don't know. You're not going to tell in shorts. We're going to find out in Latrobe. Yeah. Um, if he's got that, and actually, we might have an easier time finding that out in Latrobe than we will in actual games because there's so much more mm-hmm. in terms of volume to see. So that yeah, that's interesting. It, it's it's a it's a neat approach. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hardly the first time the Steelers have taken uh, a player out of college at one position and mm-hmm. said, you're going to be this instead. Yeah. I mean, we already mentioned, uh, you know, we already mentioned uh, Jalen Samuels, but, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. Lamar Woodley yeah. was, you know, was it was a DE. D- yep. And, you know, they, they went and, and made him a 3-4 OLB and and and, yeah. and obviously you know for the couple of years that Lamar was healthy it was really really effective. Now Villanueva also was I know he started off as a defensive end um when he was with Philly I didn't know if he played that in um college as well but I do know that the Steelers did turn him into an offensive tackle unfortunately a great one. So well, they uh, they fed him cheeseburgers. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That that's what happened with Allie. You know, they fed him cheeseburgers and they, they, they turned him into an offensive lineman. Um, 
I think it was, you know, primarily out of, you know, concerns about the, the footwork and speed that they wanted. They saw that his future, if he was going to make, it was going to be as an offensive lineman. Yeah. And again, to the credit of all concerned, including Allie himself, they, they, they all pulled it off. Oh, that's fantastic. Um, would you think Sutton Smith's going to ever get any chances in Latrobe to play at linebacker, or do you think they're just committed to keeping him on the offensive side of the ball I now? I just don't know that. Yeah. I mean, you, you can't know that when, okay, when we... they're they're not even speaking right now. Yeah, true. I mean, they they true. don't say anything. Yeah, <laughs> OTAs, there's no access to coaches. Oh, gotcha. gotcha. So we, we really don't know. So we'll have to wait till Latrobe before we start getting answers to these questions. Mm-hmm. Great. Well, DK, hey, thank you so much for taking some time out of your day and your busy schedule to join us with the SteelerNation.com website. Yeah, no problem. And uh, so we really appreciate it. And, and listeners, please go on over. Check out DK. He is the founder of DKPittsburghSports.com. Check out his site. He's got the best information across the board for all of Pittsburgh sports. So hop on there and please give it a read. And thank you once Thanks, again. Director. That's hey, really nice of you, man. Thank you. Anytime. And thank you once we again. We appreciate too. that. We appreciate everybody at SteelerNation.com, including on the forums. Believe me, we're in there. We see it. Oh, wonderful. Thank you so much. Anytime, DK. We'll talk to you soon. And that's all the time we have today for the SteelerNation.com podcast, sponsored by Stony Brewing. I'm your host, G Stryker. And with me was DK from DKPittsburghSports.com. So, Please check out their website and swing over to SteelerNation.com for the best football discussion on the internet. DK and I will be rooting with you as always. Go Steelers!